0: Have you ever wondered why it is that we do what we do and who we do it with? Then this is a podcast for you. An exploration of human beings through systemic psychology and Unani biotypes. With Rodrigo Garcia-Plates, Ross Everett, and Brian McElhaney. This is Biotypical. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Oh, my God, that's really loud. What Sorry. was really loud, Brian? Mine? Me screaming. Yeah, Brian. Hi, everyone. Is that normally? How loud do you talk normally on the podcast? Yes, it is. I don't know. This <laughs> is, we've been together in recordings before. Yeah, like once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian and I are in the same place. Rodrigo's in Mexico. And then our guest today is also in Mexico. This is this is actually our first Rodrigo guest. Hi. I know, group. I'm excited. Yeah. Hello. Yes. <laughs> Ro, please introduce our lovely guest.
1: I'm extremely excited about our guest tonight. Um, well, today, tonight, whatever, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, I'm really excited about our, our guest. Uh, her name is Jimena Arguelles. She's been my best friend since we were like 13 years old. Uh, I've seen her grow into an amazing movie and TV show producer that has has won awards in different places and created amazing things, considered one of the best movie producers that Latin America has has ever produced. He may not have wages, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm thinking it's going to be really fun. I
3: think so, too, because I just learned that you've known... Rodrigo, since you were thirteen, yeah, we I want just to talk
0: questions. about you
1: professionally, <laughs> but we
0: also really like, want the nitty gritty and the dirty of. Like,
1: and this is the end I of the episode. Thank you, me. you for me.
0: <laughs> How did you guys meet? Um, well, first of all, let's let's say your bio type. I was guessing before we were recording that you're phlegmatic, and I was wrong, but you're sanguine. Yes.
1: Look at her eyes and her jaw. How could she be phlegmatic? This, yeah,
0: the jaw definitely. You know, I was looking at the chin, the point,
1: but yeah, I guess it she has a little, little bit of a hard. pointy chin. That's true. Yeah.
0: But when did Rodrigo first tell you that you were sanguine? And because you've known him for so long, were you like, just shut up, bro? Or was there like, a, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> another one of these things? Yeah, yeah.
4: Like
2: I, I have to say, I've been through all his like stages of coaching, <laughs> everything. Like the only, the only workshop I haven't done is the one. The, that he's doing now, biotypes. So, um, he's been like giving me therapy since I was thirteen, and I have given him too. Even though i
1: know <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> so,
2: so we've we've cried a lot and we've laughed a lot for all our times. Uh, but I guess knowing I was sanguine, it was uh, around five or six years ago. I don't know, yeah. maybe. Yeah, and he started analyzing me. But the thing is, since he knows me, for me, it's like,
0: uh. No, so, it wasn't as impressive.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, wasn't it wasn't magical with her at all. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> because he knows me like everything. We lived a lot of things. So um, the thing is, when we, for me, at some point, uh, it was really fun to bring him to dinner parties or something because yep. he did it with everybody. So that was fun um, and it was very impressive, but uh, for me, it wasn't that impressive. He knows me a lot, so yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so a lot of what he said could just be like, yeah, you've seen me over the years. Like you just
1: you know. <laughs> exactly, <Yeah.
2: laughs> exactly. Like you've seen how I've grown.
1: Exactly. If I told her something like, "And your stomach's really strong," she she could have just said something like, "Yeah, I've eaten tacos with you like a million times." Like, what the hell <laughs> Do are you You also about? love
0: Taco Bell. Speaking of tacos,
2: I hate Taco Bell. Oh, All
0: right. <laughs> I hate
2: it.
3: Can you kind can you of help get our friend yeah. Rodrigo in the rehab for it? Because yeah. uh, the intervention <laughs> is coming.
4: That's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> I hate
1: Taco Bell. <laughs> Um, Taco Bell is amazing. Taco Bell, please sponsor us.
0: Oh, yeah. Sponsor us for sure. Yeah. We'll stop talking uh, shit if you give us money. I won't, but they w- they will, and they'll they'll promote the hell out of it. I think that's Oh, you
1: don't need more... to give us money. They can pay us in burritos. I'll have it. I don't it. know. They need no. to give us
0: money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so i
3: so let's go back to little rodrigo because that's what i meant <laughs> what what you're at school you're you're 13 years old you see a guy the
2: thing is that we weren't in the same school i was in okay. an all-girls school uh-huh. and he fell in love with one of my friends
1: with paola
2: okay. Zamora. Uh,
1: with half over her school bro- by the way
4: yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, that sounds right yeah.
2: Exactly, um, but then Paula Zamora He stop he saying her name.
4: Her. Yeah, this her full boring. name. No, <laughs> <laughs> just
2: refer to her by her address okay. from now on. Uh, no, she. You uh, dated a small time, and then uh, she went to live to another part of the country. And In Monterrey, where I am right now. Monterrey, exactly where he is right now, and she. Uh, he, can I say
1: it wrong? No.
4: Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. It's two against one. It's
3: it's like Senate rules. You uh have... I will never
1: invite anyone to a podcast Zoom link ever again. And get and her, her on the
3: podcast. Go yes. yeah. <laughs> okay, so what were we about to
2: say? Fault.
4: Can you move the micro? So we became
2: <laughs> friends because he was heartbroken. That's the only thing I'm going to say. Oh. So, so, yeah.
3: And was I, he, like, super was, weepy and, like, just explain what... Of, of
1: course was. I was. I'm <laughs> when I was 14. Of
2: course he was. He cried a lot for her, and that's how we became friends. And, yeah, we've been through a whole lot right now. That for... was only
1: the first breakup that we went through together.
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All our breakups were each other's therapy so it's pretty cool and now danny is my therapist too <laughs>
3: <laughs> my wife <laughs>
2: <laughs> Exactly.
3: wow so was Roe always kind of this character like was he always kind of trying to figure people out and explain to them what was going on in life like even from a young teenage uh years that was what he was doing yeah
2: yeah he was always like that he um He's a good listener and a good re- a people reader. So I guess from the beginning, but he didn't know he was doing it. And he started pretty young in the coaching business. So uh, it was pretty funny because I actually hated it. I didn't know it, but I hated it. So throughout the years, I think it was about 11 years or nine years. I don't know uh, how long it took to for me to come in. Because it took I me didn't a bit want... more
1: than ten years to enroll her into yeah. my work.
0: Wow. Yeah. Why
2: because... did
1: you want to come in?
2: Well, because I know him.
1: Yeah, so I didn't get it.
2: I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad thing that I know him, but for me, it's like I knew how he handled himself in every stage of his life. And and we were friends since we were in puberty. And that's a weird Type of like type of times in everybody's life. So it was weird for me that he wanted to coach and, and he knew it. But um, when he got it and he, I did intro with him. Uh, it was crazy. It was
1: basic. Okay.
2: It's basic. Yeah. It was crazy. He came to, like he destroyed me.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah. That's what he, he does, bro, so, were you just waiting to get her in uh like a context where you could yeah.
1: <laughs> of course. Absolutely right. Of course. The, you I can guess. say things as people are going through a basic that you can never tell them as you're having coffee on a Wednesday morning. Yeah.
2: Well, you did, but in a kinder way. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I cried a lot. I don't remember if it's it was the Friday of the basic it and was I I I remember, like, texting him, like, I hate you. I don't want to see you never in my life again. <laughs> and and after, <laughs> and in the morning, I texted him, like, I love you. I'm coming. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was pretty funny because I came home. I still, uh, um, at that time, I still lived with my parents. And my parents love Rodrigo. Like, he they lo- love him. And my dad was like, what did Rodrigo do? What? Oh, come on. <laughs> I just kept, like, crying and crying and crying, and they didn't understand. It was pretty funny, though. But, um, yeah, that's how I came into coaching with him. And, and it was quite a ride for a, a lot of years.
1: By the way, I have a really interesting relationship with the Jimenez family, especially with her dad, because her dad used to be my boss when I worked in the Mexican Congress. What?
4: Yeah. yeah. Wait,
0: you worked at the Mexican Congress? Does Congress Before? mean the same thing in English and Spanish? Yeah. Yes,
1: the exact yeah. same thing. You
0: worked in the Mexican government, like the 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 National yeah. Congress. Yeah. Yeah. I mean-
2: my da- my dad was the social communication director over there and Rodrigo worked for him.
1: That's cool. What? At what, see at what my age? 16? See, like? see, see why my wife keeps telling me that I must be 100 years old and when she, <laughs> will she ever find out everything about my life?
0: Oh, because you've lived like 100 um, lives? Yeah, he worked in yeah. Congress. He was, But like all of this, did this happen before the age of 19 when you were scooped up to be it, the youngest?
1: It happened between 21 and 23. Wow. Yeah.
0: My goodness. Wow. Okay.
1: I quit that job in order to to become a transformational coach.
0: Did you go to college? You did go to college.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> he was working and studying while he worked
1: with my. Dad. I'm a committed sanguine, Ross.
0: I know. Yeah, it's like okay. I'm gonna do everything all at the same time. So,
2: although I have to say, my family hates coaching. Like, yeah. like my parents and like they don't understand, and it's really funny because they say that like things like. I'm I'm really proud of Rodrigo. I don't know what he does, but I'm really proud of him.
0: <laughs> Just call him a consultant. It's uh, the
3: people that hate coaching like consultants. What so, what yeah. is it in people when they yeah. say they hate coaching? What is that about them that makes them have that? I don't know resistance.
2: I, what happened to me? Well, when I hated coaching, is that you you're scared of being unknown. I guess I think that's that's the thing. I mean. Um, a lot and and the other things is here in Mexico, there's a lot that go through basic but don't go to the other steps so they they have a little taste of something that they quite can't put their head around and I guess they um they say bad stuff because they didn't continue
1: mm. I guess. And at the same time, you have it in the States, but we have this in Latin America way more, which is we have horrible examples of coaches doing horrible things to other humans. Yeah. Like it happens all the time, all the time. Like coaching is not regulated, especially in Latin America. And even right now, we're going through this horrible thing with this guy, Ricardo Ponce. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, This chakra master coaching, blah, 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 that charged people like two grand to take them uh, to Bacalar, which for Mexican standards is a lot of money. It's like three months mm-hmm. of uh, an average wage in Mexico. And, and then he would just like sleep with all of his students and tell them that they needed to let go of, of their fears and give in to love. And then mm-hmm. right after that, he would put his pants down and say, and this is why you need to stop me. Yeah. Right. And right now uh, it's, he's all over the media in Mexico.
3: Yeah, I have no, why'd you look at me? <laughs> you, were, uh, you were talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my belief, my belief structure is like, he <laughs> <wrote up laughs> looked at me and I was like, <laughs> I, I put two things together and I was like, what's yeah. going on?
0: <laughs> my head turned Brian, slightly you, too quickly.
1: <laughs> Brian, that was like calling someone, waiting them for them to say hello and saying, who are you and why are you Why are you, calling you, why me? you,
3: why are you talking to me right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i have noticed in like the states because it's the only a place i talk to people when i ever say like i'm in therapy people are like good good for you if i ever say mm-hmm. oh, i did a coaching session with like 20 people they're like be careful yes <laughs> so
4: i'm like oh really okay. yeah I'm like, I'm,
3: all right i'll be careful with my therapist too. i mean it all could be weird yeah. or good what are you talking about but yeah the well, idea the, of coaching is uh has the, a little more the, stigma the,
1: The craziest thing about this is I know everyone who calls themselves a coach in in Mexico and that are worth something. And yeah, yeah, like 90% of them are shit. Uh, Mm -hmm. I can respect them as human beings, but I've seen their work. But the, the horrible thing is I can say almost the same thing about many of my therapist colleagues.
4: Yeah.
1: So, so the thing is, the human psyche is something fragile that we need to be extremely careful with when we're working with it. And no matter if you have a degree as a therapist or you're just an intuitive coach, as in the U.S., we have a million of them lately. Um, if you're not well-trained and you don't know what you're doing, you can be dangerous. We, we have a full episode about this.
3: Yeah. The Sherry one, the cult one.
0: Oh, yes.
1: I, I, I was oh my god you guys should have seen Raz's face like oh my god Rodrigo! you said something that doesn't exist
0: no i what you know what's so funny is i questioned my own sanity before i questioned yours (laughs) i was like did i forget this well i was thinking i went off in my head i was like we should have a coach come on but i was like how the hell could we get a coach to come on when all we're gonna do is just kind of like defraud them or like like or we have two warring coaches they try to coach each other, see who wins. Oh,
1: and by the way, Sony's asking me something really interesting. He has taken some of the workshops that I do for coaches, um, and and he's asking, "Is this why you created coaching and context?" Coaching and context is a workshop that I do for facilitators and and mm. therapists who want to learn like my technique to work with people. And yes, Sony, that's why I did it. My ego was like, "Don't share your exp- your expertise." But honestly. <clears throat> my my sanguine Latino heart was like, mm-hmm. if I can support other people to actually do what we're supposed to do properly, it's my job to to teach them.
2: And I have to add something. I think here uh, here in Mexico, you've prepared most of the good coaches that exist. And 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 one of and it, I'm not saying because he's my friend. I really do believe <laughs> that. And and the thing is that. Um, I think the thing you were worried about is to raise the bar on coaching because you know, if, if the people are bad coaches, it gives you a bad name
1: too. That's exactly right.
0: When we're talking about like the RGP development coaching program, that is our biggest thing or my, my biggest thing is like, I want to make that certification. Like really is tenuous the right word. No. Okay. (laughs) Not at
3: all. Um, What I was
0: gonna say well, was let me um... finish this point because we can't just get <laughs> yeah. derailed like, by a word. We want we oh want to make God. it like you know really tenuous so that when um, when the coaches that actually do get certified, like they can carry our name, they can work for our company. Yeah. Essentially, anyone that goes and experiences a coach is going to associate it with the vehicle or the path that they they hired the coach through.
4: Yeah.
3: What word were you looking for,
0: aside from tenuous? Uh, like, 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 just hard to get, or like, like, uh, thorough? I don't know, not thorough, but like high, like oh, look, high,
1: high status. Look, Sony just wrote something beautiful. He said, "Coaching and context is amazing and really powerful, even for those who aren't coaches like me." Mm-hmm. We should start offering that workshop through RGP Development. Let's
3: do it. You know, I was just thinking about something, which is, you were saying, Ximena, that um, when Rodrigo was young, he was kind of coaching people before he knew he was coaching people. Like, before he knew. Arduous. Arduous is the word I was looking for. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sure. So, I was going to (laughs) say, I was was on a podcast the other day, and we were talking about, like, someone asked me, like, what do you have for advice for people who are creatives and, like, want to figure out what their passion is or they feel confused? And my answer was, like, what do you already do? You already have the answer. Like, I feel like people often try to find what they I like, think they should do. And mm-hmm. it's like, you if you really just like take a step back and look at just sort of how you naturally live your life and what you're naturally gravitating towards when no one's really watching and before you're making money doing anything, it's pretty obvious kind of where your compass points you. That being said, when you see people who want to be coaches, do you kind of have a, a radar of like, who's doing it for the right reasons and who's like, okay, I don't know if you should really even be, is it pretty, can you pretty quickly uh, ascertain kind of who's doing it, you know, and why? I,
1: I rarely want to train people that already know that they want to be coaches. Mm. I Usually big people that never even thought about being a coach and they're just learning this in order to improve their lives and their ability to communicate with others. Um, yeah. When someone comes up to me and tells me something like, I want to be a facilitator or a coach because I, I, I believe in people and the world and I want to transform the universe, I usually look at them and go like, yeah, I want to see the darkness behind you because that's all fake. No human being feels like that. So why do you want this power? Like, why, why are you trying to be on top of people in different situations? Um, because I don't believe, like, I believe that people can have those emotions, yes, but I don't believe that people choose careers from that place because I know that we're 90% subconscious, so no one, no one can use their 10% and, and structure it in such a way. That's why most people that are making a difference in the world are actually connected to their own dark side, their shadow and their pain, because that's, that's their motivation behind it. But when I meet someone that's extremely talented in this, and it's not even thinking about making money out of it, just they're really talented because they really care about people. Then I go like, you're going to be amazing at this. Uh, because it's, it's, it's the path of the most amazing people that I really respect in therapy and coaching in general. It's people that weren't thinking that they want the tool to, to do therapy in others, uh, but they really, really want to understand human beings for whatever reason
2: and uh, i i want to add something on that i i guess all the industries the young industries the one i'm in that's film and tv it, it's it's young uh, and in mexico it's a little younger than over there and and the thing is that when you have an industry that's young we're all learning while we grow and yeah. and what we need to um i i i give classes to filmmaking classes and I do give them because I really believe that somebody that on set, if he says "I gave him classes, he's gonna be doing some stuff that I taught him to do, trying to like trying for the industry to be more professional and I guess coaching is the same way right now like we we need to align certain stuff for the people outside to believe in it and the people inside to be professional.
0: That's the, such a big part of it is the people inside to be professional. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm wondering if it's like, is it because of the masks that people Get into this stuff that the professionalism is lacking in the coaching sphere, and I, I'm also very present to the fact that Jimena's on, and we're talking about coaching and not her I know I'm
1: I'm ready to pivot because Jimena has a fascinating life.
0: I know. Yeah, I know.
1: Don't worry, don't uh,
0: worry. I don't. No, I, like you know what it is? It's a, it's just a sign about how comfortable we feel with you, Jimena, that we're like we're just <laughs> carrying on like it's a normal episode. But um, uh, let's. I I do have a question that can pivot this to Jimena. So. Himena, why did you choose what you chose? And then Rodrigo, why did Himena choose what she chose? <laughs> why did she really choose? What yeah, she
1: chose? I, I can't I answer that question without making Jimena cry, so I'll let her answer.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I guess I was a uh, storyteller, a young storyteller, since the beginning. Uh-huh. I, I, uh, at the beginning, I just wanted to tell stories, and then I, um. I my my dad actually Ross boss <laughs> actually uh, was studied filmmaking so I actually saw a lot of movies a lot of movies while I was growing up and then when I was 16 my mom was in the in the hospital for like six months and at some point I got really sick of it and I came and saw one of, uh, of the dumbest movies ever. Dumb and Dumber, I'm sure you know it, the original one. And I, I I, was alone over there at like 11 a.m. or something. And I remember I, I laughed and laughed and laughed. And when I came out, I just got this feeling that if I can do that um, for one person, I would be satisfied. So that's why I started telling stories.
3: The power of comedy. Um, So do you you make mostly comedies or do you make anything?
2: I've done anything. I I do a lot of comedies, but I've done thrillers and action and everything.
0: Mostly narrative or like... uh, Yeah,
2: yeah. I've done like uh, mostly fiction. I, I have 12 uh feature films three series fiction series and two reality shows
3: damn reality shows when yeah, are that's uh all right I are you gonna help
0: I'm us with the rodrigo garcia plotist reality show <laughs> yeah we yeah, wait another... I... do one more i want wait,
4: to wait. i want to
1: i need to say something remember the reality show that i was supposed to be in Jimena invited me, and then Jimena ended up not <laughs> being resigned. in the show anymore. And then I ended up giving the, the, like, the producer that was there a little panic attack after giving her a little feedback.
0: Don't piss Ro off, guys.
2: The, the thing is soul. that I resigned because I, 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 I have to say I love my job. It's the first time I resigned from any project. But I don't like people in power to To disrespect the other people, you might and, have chosen the
0: wrong industry. If that's a... I know, I know, but <laughs> I
2: I, ha- I have to say, in my teams, they they um a lot of peers and colleagues make fun of me because I'm like a mother to my crew and mm. my crew. Uh, yeah. So the thing is that since I'm like a mother to my crew, when when something it's not like the way i I stand in the Side of justice, I hate the things that are not like fair. I forgot the word fair. thank you. Um so I resigned and Ro like I actually came in the plane that Ro came into Puerto Escondido. Like I came back to Mexico City. So I remember like texting him on a plane, like Ro. I resigned and I'm leaving Puerto Escondido right now. And, was and like, I was what? and
1: I was getting off the plane in Puerto Escondido. Sure.
2: Yeah, I felt so bad, but but like people were, we were working 19 hour day, and the exe- I was live producer in that show, and the executive didn't want them to have lunch, like. Yeah. She didn't want to. So since I fought for them, she was so mad and she started screaming. I'm like, you know, that's my crew. They're they're standing up in Puerto Escondido with the heat for nineteen hours straight with a camera on their back and you're not giving them lunch. Like it's crazy. And that's why I resigned. And then Ro came in and gave her a panic attack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now that production, by the way, calls me the Avenger.
4: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what they get for trying to get you to dress like a spiritual guru. Exactly. <laughs>
4: Please. Yeah. Dress phone. like one?
0: They wanted him to dress yeah. like he was like some like shaman. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 Because uh, they already
3: had be so a psychologist
0: to or something like that. So like, so, like, we already had someone in a suit. So, can you, like, be the spiritual? Like, they tried to, the real world, yeah. you know, like, yeah, yeah, your you know. <laughs> yeah. no, It's
2: weird. It's weird. Yeah. I, I don't know. that I, I came to that show because I, after a pandemic, fiction was stopped, and like my crew and me needed a job, and we accepted. And then, I went, well, it was crazy.
3: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you said reality, you're kind of like done with. Like it's not really your favorite. Yeah, what about doing it's reality? It's not my favorite. Yeah. What about it? Do you <laughs> find to be um, not the most fulfilling?
2: Okay, I have to say, the other show I did, it was While You Were Out, the Latin version. I did uh, Discovery While You Were Out, the Colombia, Argentina, and Mexico. And that was pretty nice because we help people and it's amazing and they feel good. Do great. you guys
0: know that show? No, it's a Discovery show?
2: Yeah, a Discovery Home and Health show. It's about, like, basically, you come in a house and in three days, and it is three days, you uh, reconstruct one part of the house um oh,
0: it's like queer eye, but just with one section of a house exactly okay exactly and
2: it's a surprise for the for somebody, yeah, so it's pretty cool and and you got tears of. and yeah, it's fun uh that was good, but uh I guess my my thing is it's fiction, I love telling stories that I know and I'm really a controlled type of person. Uh, I like controlling everything and fiction I can control. I are can't you a control controlling reality. sanguine? No, I'm
1: not. Okay. She's an analyzing sanguine with a little bit of controlling. <laughs> oh. And by the way, we both have we both have controlling sanguine parents. Like yeah. both really? our dads are, are controlling sanguines.
0: Where's your family from originally that you have sanguine in you?
1: Well, well, both of our last names, if you know Spanish, sorry for interrupting this, but if mm-hmm. you look at our last names, both of those last names are, are Vascos. They're from northern Spain, both of them.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Arguelles is Aguirre. And my mom is actually American. My granddad was from Massachusetts. But, yeah, he has, like, blue, uh, like, sorry, he has uh, blood from Spain.
3: Got
1: it. That's the well, you say blue blood? He has blue no, blood from blood. the
4: royalty I of Northern blood. State. No!
3: no you <laughs> guys just became teenagers for a second. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I translated in my head and said blue instead of blood.
4: <laughs> I would never say that.
0: <laughs> I love that that has no context for me over here that saying blue blood is like a thing, but. It, it's, it's like it's
1: a Spanish thing. I, I was supposed to have some
2: horrible, horrible, horrible uh, elitist. Uh, yeah, I was anti-state. about
0: to say it feels like it's horrible. like an elitist thing, like like yes, some it proper. Like it would be like us yeah. saying the master race in regards to like areas. Yeah, it's
4: horrible. Or like it's horrible.
0: That.
1: Remember, we're Latinos. We're way more classes than racist. Yeah, yeah. Like, I Mud we're, we're I
0: thought that that. Um, well, I guess not all of America is like that, but I, I do feel like parts of California. Is more classes than it is races. No. Go on. I don't want to. <laughs>
3: okay. No, but that's, not sure that's and not not so nothing else. No, I, he,
0: he quickly said no, and I just didn't want to get into my observations. You know, that, I do I know. not like to fight. So, but no. you like being right. So. I love being right. But I didn't, it was a you like being right without any evidence behind it. It was a theory. It was a gut feeling, and I have nothing to back it up. So, that the is, moment that someone else had such a hard no to
4: it, I'm like, no.
1: <laughs> I, I can give you a little example of why I said no, like really, really fast. Yeah. So, Yes, I've seen I've seen elitists and classists and in mm-hmm. the US. Absolutely. But you do not know what, like, being classist means yeah. until you move to a Latin American country for yeah. a while, especially Mexico. <laughs>
3: it's like, like a melancholic saying I'm emotional, and it's
0: like,
4: you don't yeah, know exactly. what I'm emotional I'm
0: also, <laughs> I refuse to be the white guy on a podcast saying that racism doesn't exist in California. <laughs> like, <that's, you> <laughs> no, but that's where it, no, but it from, can be interpreted like yeah. that very so easily. I, like, I was like, here's a thought, and then you guys adamantly said no, and I was like, cool, off that track. But it's, it, the, to, it, to
1: finish to finish the example it's the same thing as when i'm describing to to people in mexico that that we are racist of course we are everybody is a little racist but we're way more classist Mm -hmm. they go like no no no, we're racist and i tell them no until you work with americans for a while you will finally understand what like actual racism is and like are we racist? Yes, but you don't really understand what true racism is and what people are fighting against in the States until you move there and you spend some time yeah. with them. I was mind blown. Like, I thought I understood what racism was. And when I when I started working in the States, I was like, oh my God, this 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 thing is out of control. I can't believe this exists. It's the exact same thing when you move to Mexico and you realize what classism really mm-hmm. is.
0: So you're saying if we want to be treated like... Kings and queens go to Mexico with our current. <laughs> you findings.
1: better have money.
2: You better exactly. But, but, hold on. but what, is what, like do you
0: define like money? Because like like if we came down, like we're we're fine. If say, I'm dressed like this, yeah. I
2: have to say, <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, here in Mexico, like uh, a lot of people aspirationally love the Americans. So there's there's a very thin line that you you won't be um treated badly because whatever class you are because you're gringos like uh, automatically that that gives you another level well it's the yeah. illusion
0: of like oh all america like i have an apple watch and so i feel like that would at least carry a little bit of weight amongst people not compared to like your your boat f- yeah. 250 or whatever that watch is called row the yachter <laughs> what's it called what your favorite watch
1: the yacht oh, the relics The The Yacht Master.
0: The Yacht Master. I knew it involved. I actually
1: have it right here.
0: Yeah. You brought it to Monterey? Was it so that you would get treated better?
1: No, it's for the baptism. I'm wearing a suit. I wanted a nice watch.
0: Oh, well, that works.
1: But but that's the other thing. It's
2: like, if I go over there, a lot of people say that I'm not Mexican because the way I look. Yes. And and it's... they, oh, but you're white. and like like, yeah. They would but. say that
0: about Roe and they'd say that about Roe's wife yeah. as well. Like, like, They exactly. tell Roe and he loves it, but he laughs at it uh, that he's white passing.
1: So, like, I love that statement. <laughs> oh my yeah. God.
0: If Roe Ro was
1: didn't white say
0: Mexican, Wait, and no. everything he ever did, no one would know. No one would guess. Roe, can you do an American accent?
1: No. A try. <laughs> <laughs> I can do a British accent way easier than an American. Yeah, man. I know. I like Everyone can do British, British. Yeah.
3: Um, That's so um, interesting. So wait, if you express, so like if you, in Mexico, if you walk around kind of like wearing certain things or dressing like you're rich, do people seem to treat you differently? Like, and is that something that people fake being because
0: it does There's a word them... for it. The fake rich people, right? Isn't there? No. All right. I no, we this. call oh, them. it's tenuous.
1: We call them rich. It's what? a French concept, nouveau riche, and we okay, use it in Spanish, rich, too. Yeah. new rich, like, like fresh money.
0: Yes, that's what I was saying. Yeah, reading. that.
1: So, nuevos ricos.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's, it happens like this in Mexico, which is mind-blowing. Like, in Mexico, you can be very attractive, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll let you into that club.
4: -hmm. It's funny because
0: um, Ro always says that my type is the. Oh, I won't say it. No, I want to. I'll tell you when we're we're not recording. Remember all the girls? I'm like, oh, this girl's
1: really. Oh, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Do
0: not say it. You
3: have to. (laughs) This is a podcast about honesty, (laughs) Uh, guys. (laughs)
1: i'll say it in a bit in a way that can be listened to without people getting offended but um in mexico you can be very attractive and not necessarily go into places because um because you're not dressed right because you're not wearing an expensive watch because you didn't show up at the door with an armored car and drivers and bodyguards but you can be the tackiest human being in the universe, wearing a million dollars in clothing that makes you look like a clown because everything is golden with diamonds and shiny. And they'll let you in, even if you're the worst human being in the do, universe. Do you see
3: it's a lot of LA like ugly people with like nice hats in Mexico? <laughs> nice like, hats? I, I don't know, whatever you need to wear.
0: <laughs> I just see Brian <laughs> wearing a <laughs> fedora being like, we're ready. <laughs> right, I
1: Brian on a top hat in the right, city, yeah.
3: <laughs> in a monocle. I, <laughs> I've heard I can get into the club.
2: Oh my God, I sort of want you guys to come to Mexico City now with a top hat.
0: Yeah, I'll do it we'll do easily. It. I don't care. One of, <laughs> our, one of the things that we're going to to uh, um, do in twenty. At, when are we going to do it? I don't know, but we do want to come to Mexico City. That is on our list.
3: I, I feel like, do, do you have, do your friends know who we are, Ro? Like, is sorry? This, your friends? He's like, playing a game on his phone. I, yeah, so <laughs> sure.
1: yeah I'm, answering, is. I'm answering my mom, sorry.
2: <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I just knew it yesterday. Like, I, I knew about the podcast, obviously. But I'm a mom and I'm a filmmaker, and yeah. You have I've more important things to do
3: than to hear three dudes yeah, well, talk no, about. No, no, no,
2: But yesterday, I heard like three of them. Pretty impressive.
0: Oh, good. Right. Well, <laughs> that we can thank talk you. Good guy. I wish you were like, and, and I and hate it.
1: <laughs> the, I came on the no, podcast. No, She's someone she from the show business. She's <laughs> someone <saw laughs> from the show business. <laughs> the, oh, my recall. God. It's our big shot. It's not a
4: show business
0: um no so, do your friends I'm know who we are bro
1: like if of we came they to, do.
0: if we came to that we're the gringos yeah
1: you're, you're the gringos yeah, we're <laughs> the gringos, yeah. yeah.
0: okay yeah. i'm really excited
1: to everybody that. sees a everybody sees a thumbnail from the podcast and, yeah. and like they ask me who are they and are, are they gay do they make out things like that <laughs>
4: Those are the first question. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's
1: not
3: true. Are they gay? Do they make out? No, they just have a lot of moms. So people ask They're gay. Yeah. yeah, they don't
0: make out though. Ask that one. <laughs> uh, I- Igor asked a question that says, "Is there a feeling of... Oh boy, no, I don't, I don't know what a part, our means, of this country." Being. Como pertenencia,
2: no.
1: Let right. me see where does it say that? This country a...
2: because
0: Igor, actually if you
1: speak like he Spanish, means he means he means apartheid. He must mean apartheid. Like is there a sense of apartheid because of your skin color? No, there's no sense of that. No. Is that
0: what she meant? No, I don't know if that's what he meant. No, no okay, good. Igor oh. come, come, <laughs> come off mute
2: and ask your question. <laughs> belonging. See, sí, que, yeah,
0: belonging. Oh, not belonging. Uh, yeah, of well, your country. Not membership. I, I, oh, pardonance is membership. Okay. Look at this. I love that we have a bilingual podcast. No, oh, nice. because
2: we're, <laughs> no, because we're a lot of white people in this country, too. The only thing, the only time we we are like um, treated as non Mexican is in, in the States. Not in the whole world, they treat us as Mexican, too. But in the yeah. States, we're non-mexican and it's funny the reaction like if if we since we speak english and you can understand and since we're white like our skin color is white they don't believe we're mexican
1: that's why i started saying like Jimena knows me ever since i'm young i'm not the proudest mexican But, like, I don't speak about being Mexican all the time. But when I go to the States because of how people react to Mexicans, I go, like, my name is Rodrigo and I'm Mexican. So you use it to try and trigger them? No, no, I use it to, no. to try and empower other Mexicans over there to know that uh, this is Mexican. Oh, that's why right. you do it. That's
0: so it, so, so you so do it for the Mexicans <laughs> up here. I, when you said other people, I thought you meant like, so like in a basic, people would like have things flare up if they have a... a no, no, no. Like.
1: No, I, I, I literally do it specifically in California because I feel like... <clears throat> there's a lot of people over there trying to un-Mexicanize yeah. as soon as possible and, and forget about their roots and their language. And I love saying like, yeah, I'm the guy running the show and I'm Mexican. And they mm-hmm. ask me, but, but are you like half European or something? And and at the beginning, I hide it and I go like, no. And where are you? 100% Mexican. But, but blah, blah, 100% Mexican because this mm-hmm. is Mexican too. And I even tell yeah. people like, this is Mexican national. This is how mm-hmm. people look like in Mexico City. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I like doing that and I love when Mexicans like remember that and they come close to me and go like oh oh my god I have forgotten this I'm going to start speaking Spanish again and teaching my children but Jimena just opened up something that's extremely interesting which is Mexicans being Mexican is really fun in in some senses and one of it is People pretty much love Mexicans wherever we, yeah. wherever, wherever we go. Wherever we go. If you're in Asia and you say a Mexican, people start saying names of soccer players and name of Mexican food. And they, they love you and they take care of you. If you put a Mexican flag on your backpack, and I've done this, and start traveling the world, in the weirdest corners of the world, they know Mexico, they know our food, they know mm. our soccer, they know our players, and they treat you amazingly. I've been fed for free in in, in European countries. I've been fed for free in, in Asia, just because I was Mexican, mm-hmm. and then what Jimenez is saying is true it's really <laughs> confusing to have that 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 sense of nationality outside of Mexico and at the same time even people that you hate from Mexico. If you meet them in another country, you're brothers and you're there to support each other and and yeah. we love that, and it's beautiful and the only place where it doesn't happen is in the u s
2: yeah mm. exactly. And I have to say, I come from a family that's from the border. My dad is from Matamoros, which is border to Brownsville, Texas, and um, and that type of people, the the ones that are like all my cousins, I are American citizens because they just were, were born in Texas, uh, but they have like the values and stuff from Mexico, and they their upbringing were uh, was Mexican, and they're really lost. Like in translation, like they they actually the thing you about the board. the chat is...
0: right now of everyone's freaking yeah. out. Like, I think you're related to half of our chat. People are from close to oh, Brownsville, they're from the ahead. Valley. They're like, no way, my parents are oh. from there. Like,
2: All my family lives in McAllen, guys.
4: Oh, this is good. hysterical.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I go to Reynosa and McAllen every year. That's that's really. Yes, funny. she does. <laughs> yeah, and the and the. Like the border children and the border people are are a little different from from either the states and 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 Mexico and and Lorena that was born in Macal and won't let let me lie is the thing is that they do belong to both places, which it's weird. Like my mom is Mexican, but she's American too. She was born in San Antonio. His dad was from there, but his mom, uh, her mom was from here. And and they actually get lost a bit. And, and I guess what uh, we Mexicans, when we come over there, um, because... Of your last president, we weren't were that welcome. George W.
4: Anyway, yeah, like,
0: who is the last
3: <laughs> president? Yeah, yeah. What was his name? No,
0: yeah. I have uh, I have insomnia for the past eight years. So uh, insomnia <laughs> and then, that's good. That's what good. is going on with my brain yeah, today? You don't you yeah, yeah. don't
3: create words well. Yeah. Um, I'll say how's <laughs> this? Well, really quick, because uh, the viewers don't can't hear this, but Rodrigo's left for a minute. So now that Rodrigo's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Let's actually dive in to so why uh, you're here, which is to tell us all the shit that he doesn't want us. Oh um, my God. No, no, you Give don't him have him to, do but
0: you honestly should tell us like some really funny, embarrassing story. Of when, he, when he comes back, he'll come back to you telling a story and his face will do the thing. <laughs> you know, um,
2: I, I mean, I have to say, I know most of the embarrassing stories that Rodrigo has lived. And they all come like with crying in public, like yes. weeping, uh, like yeah. Wait, so he's weeped <laughs> in
3: public a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. A
2: lot. A lot. A lot. Like every time he was heartbroken. Every time, yeah. Usually,
0: usually yeah. over a, a, a romantic situation or a relationship.
2: Well, well, when we were in puberty, yes. Was he not, in not love? Recently, with,
3: Was he in love with all the girls all the time? Was he just constantly in love?
2: Yeah, but he he like. Wept and then he, he was back on his feet. He'd be done. Then, right, yeah, right. no wonder he just, thought he was
0: diplomatic, because I'm sure he really felt the heartbreak. And then right, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, But I is there a particular him. story that's
4: <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I can't.
2: I can't. Say- <laughs> I did- uh, imagine all the stories I have in my head. Yeah, I you know. Yeah, that's yeah, you what know, we want. Yeah, I can't. No, I can't. <laughs> this is public. Yeah. Uh, well, uh-huh. I, I've been to all his relationships, all like everything. It's, it's, Tell, here, I mean,
0: I'm going to make it really cutesy. You ready? Tell us yeah. what's different about his current wife and what you've seen shift in him in this relationship. Like, how did you know that this is the one? Oh.
2: I, um, when I met her, it was the only girl I seen him with that actually he paid attention more than when he was with us, you know. Okay, he's back. Like, Hi, bro. bro.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs>
4: Hello.
3: <laughs> so yeah, the Mexican-American dynamic
0: is yeah. uh, it's really interesting. <laughs> how, uh, what the hell
1: are you guys talking about? Not um, Mexican-American that, dynamics. that we yeah, just said.
0: We're talking about... Um, no, Obviously uh, about... You have a very good
3: that. friend who will not rat on you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I love you, Humana, thank you. I know, me too. What <laughs> were they yeah. asking you?
2: A lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't say anything. Anything. Well just done. Just well that we yeah, so you know cried. You cried in
3: public a ton. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that,
2: uh, that's a thing we know. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: What were they um, asking?
2: But, <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> but
4: the,
2: the last question. I have to
1: set, was finish good.
2: the last question because it was pretty cool when I met Danny. Um, it was the first time he didn't give the other people that were there... His whole attention, he gave it to her, which, which for me was like, Oh my god, like
3: like give attention to the whole room, it was just
0: one person,
2: yeah, exactly. That's funny
0: because I have a a different experience of some of my friends in relationships. Like, when I feel like we're in a group together and they're giving all their attention to their partner, I'm like, This isn't a healthy relationship, but 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 when they you
2: don't have raw.
0: I don't but I was saying with Ro the other thing it's like all you're looking for is the opposite of how they normally act in a partnership so if they're with their partner and they're constantly ignoring Mm -hmm. them but then for the this person they're actually paying credence to them versus their their homeostasis their normal way of being is are you okay i'm just checking in on you and like i'm like who are you and like just be yourself then when you see them with somebody and they're finally just being themselves but their partner is still there that's when i know and i I recently complimented a friend on this and i was like you finally found a relationship like I, i i feel you're present and you're with your your partner um, so with Ro, it was just caring about the person that was yeah. next to him. Yeah. And
2: and the other thing, I mean, he've always paid attention to them, obviously, but but Ro, uh, and you know them and and guess the patrons know him, uh tends to be the center of the attention of the room because his personality is really no.
1: strong. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Never <laughs> I was gonna say,
1: no, I don't. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I don't. Uh but uh, what, what happened with Danny is that he wasn't looking for that, you know uh-huh. he wasn't looking to impress her uh which for me was was pretty cool because for me was i don't know it, it, it was my friend not the coach, which is different you know yeah. and she wa- she laughed at all his silly jokes so <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's
1: important my jokes are amazing. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> I, I will never put all three of you in the same room ever again. I,
3: I do find that when someone laughs at your jokes, it's like it is really important. Not just the fact that, like, when you share a sense of humor with someone, it like says something really deep in the way that you guys think about things similarly. It's more than just yeah. making someone laugh. And we as, just talked about this last night. night yeah.
0: Yeah. That, like Brian was asking me what kind of girl I thought he should be with. And I said, a girl that laughs at your jokes and also has a deep wisdom. And uh, he I was like, great. Yeah, and he was like, that is true. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. they're smart and they have wisdom and they don't laugh at the jokes. And sometimes they laugh at the jokes and it's like, you're an idiot. But we talked about the importance of sharing a sense of humor. I mean, at least for, for us, like we both value comedy very highly.
3: Yeah, I, I
2: Completely think, agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: I think even people aren't comedians or anything. It's like laughing with someone. I've always thought this, that like people really over like being funny. is such a thing where it's like, I want my partner to be funny. I want to be funny. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I've seen people try to become like funny, like witty and like actually funny. And I think what's more important is like being silly almost like it's like being playful. Mm -hmm. Like that's laughter comes from like, just, you don't have to know how to be a comedian to, laugh with someone you just have to kind of have this sort of like playful spirit and connect on the same level of how you think about things and then it will it'll Uh, happen i
0: think half the spectrum uh igor says your perfect match is ross (laughs) (laughs) me yeah everyone's um but the general used perfect match is me but i was going to say that it's it's half the spectrum i think feels the way that we do but i'd be curious um, I don't think cholerics feel that way. I don't think if you go like choleric, what's the most important thing in a partner? And they're like, Laughter. You know, I don't I don't <laughs> foresee that being a thing and creating I, the result no, of laughter. No, but but I,
1: there's, I'm, but I was there's something important about that. Oh all okay, right, yeah. go do your thing and then I'll
0: ask you minute my question.
1: I, I just wanted to say that there's something really important about this, which is masculinity needs to be to, to be funny. So what I what I mean by that is for masculine human beings, laughter and an acknowledgement, uh, which laughter is a part of, is the biggest aphrodisiac in the world. So, so I'm super you know,
3: masculine? Is that what we're saying? No. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, take that and run
4: with it in podcast.
1: No, but what I'm trying to say is um, even, I, I include this in, in some of my workshops, but I, I even have friends that are, that are um, urologos, like the ones that treat men and their, and their sexual organs. And when men go ask for Viagra or, or anything like that because they feel like they can't perform sexually, um, ever since uh, this specific friend that I'm talking about started <laughs> noticing everything I teach about masculinity and femininity, all he started doing is asking for the wife to show up and start asking the wife without the guy in the room, start asking the wife things like, are you laughing at his jokes? Are you telling him that, that you love him, that you care about him? Are, uh, are you telling him that what he says matters? And, and women go like, well, what if I don't find what he says funny? Am I supposed to lie? And my friend usually tells them, what do you think he does every time you ask him if you look fat in that dress? Mm-hmm. Fuck. And, and they hate him for it, but they never come back and they never need the pills because women are really smart. And as soon as they get it and they start acknowledging their men, they start performing sexually again. It, it's a really important part of masculinity, being... Feeling like what you're saying is funny, what you're saying is important and that you're necessary.
0: There are uh, every female patron and listener right now is scribbling notes furiously.
2: (laughs) 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 I have Uh, to say the other way around is the same, though. I mean, I for me. Relationships I've ended, it's because I stopped laughing.
4: That
0: was actually what I wanted to ask you in your relationship history. um, First of all, do you know what type, uh, what your type has been and if it's changed in regards to, because like, like, you know what? I just figured out where the hell I want to go with this because you're you are an active professional working woman who is very successful in your industry granted yeah. you're in a different culture than ours but the the number one thing I hear from working women in the states is that it's really hard to find a partner who's not intimidated by them or I'm not attracted to the guys that would kind of match my personality I don't like the good guys they usually like the cholerics. so oh, I this is
2: getting <laughs>
1: What? <laughs> this is getting deep.
0: It's okay. You've got your safety net with Rodrigo here because he knows everything. So he can phrase it in a way that will protect you if you don't want to, if you don't want to answer this. Uh, it's fine. But, it's fine. But have you noticed, A, what you started being attracted to? Has your career kind of impacted what you're attracted to? And have you changed that? And how did you get over that or, or if you did?
2: Um, I have to say, I'm a mix uh, of two really different worlds here in Mexico like uh, my family is pretty traditional but i do a line of work that it's not traditional at all so um i i dated either very traditional people or very liberal people which was weird for all my surroundings even I for I remember
1: Maria. those stages
2: <laughs> um, and, well, what, and did they, tried... what did they what do they
0: have in common though because it's like were you just saying well this isn't working i'm going to go in this direction or was there a through line that all of them shared that attracted you to them even though they might have looked different in the traditional or non I side?
2: I guess never thought of it but i guess a lot of like conversation wise and laughter wise they i i I just didn't want to stop talking to them or stop laughing with them. I I guess that's the main part. Like they were really different uh, physically and emotionally too. Um, But I laughed at it. But the thing is that when I started growing professionally, a lot of the men that were really traditional couldn't hack it with me. Like they um, because my hours are are really long and uh, they. I, I even got a Bobby friend that when I was shooting a commercial, like he started asking, like, so are you still there? Are you still there? And he came to the set because he didn't believe me. Because I, I had like a 19 hour shoot. And he, he, he just came in and oh. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was horrible. And But then I married this guy that it's really amazing because he has the traditional part. But he's a post producer. So I guess um, the mix was pretty cool. At some point, we stopped and we're separating now. But um, the the mix worked, I guess. Uh, and he wasn't threatened by my success. He actually um, came in with it and worked with me a lot and stuff. And we actually met in our line of work. So it was pretty cool for a lot of years.
0: Is there a stigma in, I I feel like there's a stigma in the States about dating someone that you work with. Is there, does that exist in Mexico as well?
2: Yeah, it does. It's even forbidden
0: in most companies.
2: Yeah. For for me, uh, with Arturo, we actually were were friends like five years and then we started dating and then it was really fast. Uh, But, but yeah, the hard part now is that we're separating and we have a lot of, Companies together, movies together, series together, yeah. and that's and a whole other bit. But I guess for what worked for me, I don't know if it's gonna work in the future. And I have to say, I can't say it wasn't a successful relationship because I actually think it was, even if it ended. Um, I I guess it was the mix of things, and and I actually both of us stop laughing and that's why we stopped and that's so I, uh, we have a kid together so so we are gonna be a team a co-parent thing so we're, we're gonna be in our lives forever but in a different way
3: there's I, I'm, I'm just impressed by the way you talk about all the things like <laughs> your career seems like so full and like this is such a huge thing that to separate with someone and have a kid with them, and you're talking about it like, yeah, I'll, I'll handle it. I mean, maybe she that's a sanguine you. She says mad
1: sanguine, exactly. In my head, I'd be like,
3: I'm a ruin. <laughs> <laughs> How
1: Look,
4: do I? I was,
2: I was like a, three months ago, but Rohan Danny gave me therapy, and I'm better now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all I can say is I love you with all my heart, and your wedding was amazing, so it was worth it.
0: that's the most sanguine compliment (laughs) the experience that your love gave me
1: (laughs) was fun (laughs) i had a blast in that wedding
2: it was i have to say it was
1: yeah
0: (laughs) um i do want to circle back because i do think that there are probably people listening that are you know career-oriented women that are at least on clubhouse or, or that's the, yeah. the number one thing I hear is, is people like struggling with the, 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 relationship component of their life. If their careers, you know, have been the forefront of their life. So, <clears throat> um, and I guess R- Rodrigo, you can answer this question as well, but what, um, uh, well, let me have the question first and then you can answer it. That, that's a okay, good one. Think so-
1: yeah. In the, the meantime, a are there for a bit? any
0: yeah. Yeah. stories about Rodrigo
3: yeah. in <laughs> no.
1: the early 20s
3: <laughs> when he was really
0: drunk that would?
2: Right. There are a lot.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, here here is a question. Here is a thought. Do you feel like like working in in Mexico in more of a phlegmatic culture? Like you haven't have you felt the need to? This is a ton of projection. I'm just going to say it the way I'm thinking about it. But masculinize yourself in order to succeed. Yeah. A, yeah. Lot.
2: a lot. And has like that impacted my... your
0: relationships? Yeah,
2: a lot. I, I mean, um, at the beginning, uh, the my first years being a producer, not on set in other, but a producer, um, I was, uh, they, my friends outside the industry called me pato. I don't know how to translate it in Duck. English. Or, uh yeah. I mean, because over there I I butched myself up in order for people to respect me. And I'm like you're seeing Jimena that's not in the produ- uh, like in the producing business when I'm on set right now, I've managed to be me on set too. But at the beginning, I was like all butched up with a cap saying really bad words. Well, I mean, I'm a Norteña, so for me, bad words are not that. Norteña, uh, but, but smoking like a
3: cigarette, putting it. it out on your arm.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I was really because the other thing I have, I I don't know, I, I don't think in in the states you have it, but here in Mexico we have fresas, and and when I came into the industry, um, they didn't believe that are I was
1: upper class people.
2: Yeah and and they and because I was fresa, I they didn't believe I was going to make it. So they did really cruel stuff on me, not only because I was a woman, but because I was fresa. So for them, they they made me carry stuff, they made me like come in at 2 a.m. to put, park something that was nobody there and stuff. Like like crazy stuff you wouldn't do to to a PA alone because they actually didn't think I will survive it. But from there, I I came like, um, yeah, I put myself up because I, at that point, that's what helped me out. And and the other thing is here in Mexico, filmmaking, uh, not now, but at that point when I started, filmmaking was um, was not a career, but it was uh, un oficio. I don't know how to say oficio.
0: Um, uh, One of the patrons will say it in the chat. Sunny, what does it mean?
2: Somebody knows how wait. to yeah, say A profession. yeah, yeah it's a job. Not yeah. something you need to go to school to.
1: An oficio is something that no? you don't need to learn, but you you learn from the people that do it. We usually call yes. it gremio in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And it's a group of people that are experts in something that you can't get good at uh I And school.
2: Yeah, no. exactly. You can't, you don't have to go to school to do filmmaking, but I did. And I had a, 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 a postgraduate and everything. So for me, I came great. to set. Yeah. And I came to set and everybody was like, you need to study now to do this stuff. And I'm like, what? I studied seven years to do this stuff. Like for me, it was crazy, but the mix. Since I studied and I was Reza, and I was a woman, like I did things, stupid things like covering my, my butt because here in Mexico the set was like everybody looked at your butt and everybody disrespect your butt <laughs> because you were a woman. So I You wear like a uh a, a,
0: yeah, a yeah, like, like your waist. really
2: long t shirt so mm. my butt didn't yeah, show oh,
0: that's interesting and stuff
2: like that. That is very different. When I started up until now, it was yeah. very different. Like me too, take everything. But at that point, I Me too. Point, came I to did. Mexico
0: too. Oh really? Yeah, exactly. Did yeah. You guys call it Yo Tambien? No, me no, too. Me too. Oh,
4: okay. <laughs> Yo. También. Yeah, but and
2: and I as well. And other, yeah. <laughs> and and the other thing about partner uh, partner wise. Um, since I'm a producer, it's really like I don't say I'm a producer in my social,
1: you know, for me. It's- oh, I do. I tell everyone you're a, you're an Emmy award winning <laughs> movie producer. I tell everyone. You want an Emmy?
2: I, I, yeah. Let's see the Emmy. An Emmy. Do you have
1: it with you? I,
2: I have my yeah, my my diploma, not my. Let me see.
0: The hold on that your your screen is frozen
2: oh my screen is frozen oh now
0: it's caught up yeah wow that's so cool for
2: what we won won yeah we won the non-english language u.s program
0: that's great congratulations yeah
2: thank you thank you uh but i normally don't say it like socially if people don't know me
0: if you came to the Um, states you should say it a lot more
2: <laughs> <laughs> that I'm a producer and that I won Emmy I mean,
0: Award-winning no. producer. Actually, I don't know if that would work. I, I I feel like there's a certain type of person that that flaunts that stuff, and I actually don't know if LA they would go be, further. Nah. Oh, in
1: LA, meeting? I know people that would have T-shirts made with that the, the, that. Yeah, but I don't know like if it gets them
0: any kind of authentic relationships or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah exactly. No, of course not. Neither, Neither does yeah.
1: wearing yeah.
3: that top hat to get yeah. to the club in
4: Mexico.
1: <laughs> that I'm gonna do it. Casual hats in Mexico, remember? <laughs>
2: right. I, I have <laughs>
1: Ugly say, people hats, Mexico.
2: <laughs> For me, when I, when I was single, I mean, prior to my marriage, it was really fun because a couple of guys came in with me uh, and say they were um, film directors. And I didn't say I was a producer. And I, I let them, like, the whole night. And after, after a while, they just uh, told me, like, so what do you do? And I was like, "I'm a film producer," and they were like,
4: <laughs> oh.
2: so, "Yeah." So for me, it was funny. But but I got um I don't know. I'm I'm beginning the single scene again, so I don't know what I'm gonna do.
3: Congratulations! <laughs> Welcome
0: <laughs> back. Welcome back to the yeah. cesspool. It's changed. Uh, oh it's God. worse. Get on Raya. Um, for don't me, get on Ryan. Yeah.
2: For Tinder, so it's crazy. <laughs>
0: T- t- tinder there's a there's better ones than tinder but um all of them i, I want to have,
1: no, have better ones there's yeah. a
0: i actually have the perfect uh i'm rich hat but i'm gonna go grab it in a second oh, but, good idea but i think let's open this oh you have a question yeah i was gonna Ask say grab and this is like getting a little bit
3: it doesn't get that intimate, but I've noticed oh now I have the microphone. Um I've noticed that like in people I've dated before, and you're, I you're feel like
1: very loud, Brian. I,
3: I know, I just want to be alpha for a second. Um <laughs> and just like in myself, I feel like sometimes when people get intimate with someone, you kind of want the opposite of how you portray yourself in real life. What I mean by that is I've been with women who were very business and kind of masculine in their um, in their jobs and their profession. And I feel like when
1: it becomes- Ross like, is moving Brian, who's sitting on a chair, yeah. with the chair to have space by the microphone. I just thought the listeners should know what's happening.
3: Yeah, he's getting into his power. Um, so I was gonna say, I've noticed that like, there's like a sweetness that comes out when it gets like, you know, kind of sexually intimate stages. Whereas people who are kind of like, fun and like a fairy and like the way they present in real life can become like bosses in the bed i guess what i'm trying to say is do you find that there is a part of you that you keep down in your professional life that you kind of
1: crave Jimena, in Jimena, Jimena. what brian is trying to ask is are you a dominatrix in bed and, and oh can you God. see that Brian's sexual
0: prowess is actually <laughs> enormous?
3: Yes, I needed to um, flaunt my sexual prowess and ask you a very inappropriate question all at once. But I used a lot of words and euphemisms, so it didn't seem like that. So.
1: And you're wearing a documentary hat, so it's just, like documentary. just documentary. asking the questions for your hat documentary.
0: Hat Does it just say documentary? Documentary <laughs> <laughs> Plus, my friend Kenny Lollbacher's company. This one says understated billionaire, so I feel like when I come to Mexico, they'll know.
1: Oh, no, oh Ross, because if you wear that hat in Mexico, people will just remind you that you guys in the States don't even know how to count properly, because what you believe is a billion is actually a thousand million.
0: Exactly. Yeah, we talked about this. I, I mean, I'm sure you're what? right, but in our culture, it's like, it's, so a billion would actually be a million million.
2: Yeah. Exactly. exactly that's what a yeah, billion exactly. is
0: but what we exactly. call a billion like the one with what is it nine zeros after it yeah is, that's a thousand um, million that's just one thousand yeah million. so if you take that's a million, what thousands a are for thousand right what do you get i feel like there's a trick question what's going on here it is it's
3: not a billion it's God. a thousand million yes
0: that's Is so a billion
3: not one with nine zeros after it <laughs> they call a, a million,
0: million. That it would be we when, when he play. says In America day, day, it is.
1: Wait, wait, Brian. When he says day he means the rest of the world that actually used math properly.
3: Gotcha. Oh, you're saying we use the word billion yeah. wrong. We call, yes we knew it's a billion. Yeah, it's yeah. just a thousand. Yeah. Yes, I okay, yes, I, I believe that. Yes, yeah. we do we count wrong with everything.
0: Like part <laughs> of <laughs> the metric system is insane. I know. Um, the metric system sounds amazing. I bought a scale. And they're like grams and uh, it's, it's- Rough and topic. I mean, uh, are you dominant- <laughs> dominatrix or not? Yeah.
1: let Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is crazy.
2: The He's only coming. thing, the only thing I have to say about that, that's only for me and the guy that's with me to know.
3: Yes. Yeah. I did not want you <laughs> to actually answer if you are a dominatrix. I I know. I guess in the- The more vague thing is like, do you crave something opposite in your intimate relationships compared to the mask you wear? Like we all do in our day-to-day
0: life. And follow-up question, what's your safe word?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, Ross, you're really inappropriate. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Um, oh,
4: let's, uh, let's, uh, let's just
3: scrap this yeah. I don't know why I went down this path uh, you know,
1: I'm sorry I forgot to tell you that my 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 partners that host the show they're 14 yeah.
2: <laughs> well well, I I have you as a friend so i am not that
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. I, know, uh, I know you're ready for I this mean, level of conversation yeah, you've been my, my friend here. for <laughs> way too long
2: I'm not that surprised but okay um, I guess it depends on the, the it depends on the partner I'm with.
3: Yes, and this is a question for everybody, by the way. I'm not just yeah. asking because you're a woman. <laughs> I I feel I have, I do do that. That's what I'm saying is the me yeah. that you see here,
0: I don't even know what this is. It's not <laughs> how I project. The one that looks like one of the three ninjas is uh <laughs> not <laughs> good ref the yeah. kid i think the youngest one So
1: no, you're three Tom ninjas Tom, you're what you're the hell are you people. talking about
0: i always thought you don't Tom know Tom the Tom three cool. oh the three ninjas was a show that or was a Tom movie shows. it was a movie series in like the 90s about like kids that were ninjas and they were like it was like That's home alone it. meets the karate kid but it was great yeah. two sequels strike back fun. and Knuckle up yep. And they were great. Okay. Uh, there was another then he one. he says my
1: favorite color? childhood movie.
3: Yeah. My favorite childhood yeah. movie is Dunstan checks in. We have not done an episode on Dunstan Oh, we I love it.
4: that movie. Really? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Everyone I'm reading a the the director or an autobiography recently and I I've just read it. Um I, I love it. Everyone makes fun of me for liking it. I think it's so well. Yeah, I love no, watching yeah, 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 mean, It's, and about it's Home went Alone but movie. with a monkey. No, it's not Home Alone. It's monkey also, in a hotel.
4: Everything is home exactly. alone, but with something else. That's my elevator page. Um
0: it's home alone, but with the golden retriever that plays basketball. It's Airbud. What's um, the godfather? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: oh, my God. I, we, I, what's like,
0: happening to this episode? No, I had a really good question, and I wanted to... Okay, yeah.
2: um, but to answer the thing that you were saying is, I guess it depends on the partner, because I, because I really do believe even though you don't change and you're yourself, you do modify yourself at some point um, because I think your partner compliments you in a way—not in the way that you're half and he's half—that bullshit, but in the way that that you grow with him or with her. Uh, so, are you asking guess- Brian
1: if he likes to be dominated?
2: <laughs> I feel uncomfortable with <laughs> this podcast.
4: I mean, this is
3: very inappropriate.
4: Rodrigo, come on! i won't <laughs> to nobody.
1: I just said I, you guys should call this episode. It's like Home Alone, but with a certified biotype. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I mean, I can already see it's like kind of fun to make you a little uncomfortable. And I bet you Rodrigo uses this superpower. Against oh, I'm it the all, time. Time. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Obviously. all that the time. Is that a sanguine
0: thing? It's really fun to see sanguine squirm, I've noticed. Like, like. <laughs> Even with Megan, it's fun when she gets uncomfortable. Oh, it's so fun! It's like it's the best because they're laughing and they're having a really good time, and then like they don't hold on to it. Like we've made phlegmatics uncomfortable, and it feels kind of fun in the moment. But at a certain point, they snap, and then it's like you were serious about being uncomfortable with sanguines. I don't feel like you ever hit that breaking point.
2: No, no, no. yeah, you're right.
0: Um, oh. I want to. I want to open this up to uh our audience i'm sure we have a bunch of people with with questions i if they need some fodder like if you guys have any questions about being professionals while also having a relationship that find ways to balance both sides of yourself if you guys want to come on and ask that question feel free to take the time to think about it and in the meantime i want to bring up something that brian and i were talking about yesterday which is brian doesn't believe in people being out of out of each other's um range or like 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 status what was it i was what's oh the the like idea out of that,
1: someone's league
0: yeah i, that's what I it was all yeah.
3: i've always hated that term when anyone ever said like this person's out of my league i've always been no. like what are you talking about that doesn't exist it's i've always just like the phrase has just made me it makes me uncomfortable and i uh i don't like it anyway what was your point with it No i don't I just,
1: think we have leagues in mexico no
3: yeah, it's something you, know, you say all well, the time in America. and I'm like, what? If you say that, no, then you're out of their league. They're out of your. league. I don't
2: think we say it raw, but I think we do believe it. Remember, amarte duele.
1: No, I mean because we're classists. We have classes. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. what I mean is, remember of what? You, of remember you what? I want to hear. Is there a story duele, behind a movie. this? Oh, movie. No,
2: if that, no, no. It's it's a movie that actually was our generation, like one of the most.
1: Impactful. Half of my school wasn't that movie because yeah. the, the director and was uh, one of my friends' uh, dad and and Alfonso Herrera, one of one of our best friends, Jimena and I, who's a very famous actor in the states now, was that was the first movie he ever did.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but it was really classic, uh, and it was about that, uh, like, uh, yeah, a but, uh, fresa
1: girl in love with a tacky boy.
2: Exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, there's been plenty of movies made about it. Like, it's, it's one there's of There's our- literally a movie called She's Out of Your League. Right. Yeah. Oh, and is? I'm sure yeah, the moral yeah. is that she isn't or whatever. But no. like, <laughs> It's just like, I, I just find it so, whenever anyone talks like that, I'm like, it's oh, you're usually, so undeveloped as a It's usually person.
0: based on looks.
3: Which is, again, it's like, okay, they're out of your league. So, like, what happens? When they age out of being pretty, they're in your league? If they get an acid burn tomorrow, all of a sudden, they're in your league? Like, what does that this mean? Is- it's-
1: Wait, wait, this is fascinating because Jimena, you're right. We do have leagues, but they're economical. We would never have a conversation like that. We would have a conversation like, but that girl is used to go out and spend... 500 bucks uh, on a restaurant where the hell are you going to take her I think we we have that too I think
0: about that all
3: the time but I'm still like oh they're out of your league because they have money what if they go bankrupt tomorrow through some unfortunate series of events then they're in your league it's so these like tangible corporal things are so
1: (laughs) ridiculous she becomes temporarily in your league and that's where you get to make your move when you have 20 bucks and that's more than what she I'm
0: not dating we call them them gold diggers (laughs) like like they go after guys that like have the nice car there's YouTube videos about it where like a guy would ask a girl out and the girl would be like no and he'd be like okay and he'd go and he'd get into a Lamborghini and the girl would be like wait 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 where did you want to go and like it's it's like that's a well, very that's common thing. I have
2: to add something it, it, it is economically over here but I think it's the other thing too like for me when I was single uh, before I married because I'm single again uh, before I married the the things that my friends say, because my friends are really traditional, like stay-at-home moms, which I really respect, really respect, but they're different for me. And and a lot of the friends they wanted me to know, uh, to introduce to me, um, they were like, no, they, they want a stay-at-home mom. You're not, like, it wasn't about... The guys that they wanted in the to introduce you
1: to were expecting a typical Mexican mom.
2: Exactly, exactly, and I'm not the typical Mexican mom, which is no, you're for not, here. and I
1: love you for it. <laughs>
2: I, I know, I know, but but it's weird for uh, the country though, like yeah. a lot of I, and for the guys over here, like uh, uh, it's it's very weird for them that a mom works as long hours as I do. You know, mm, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. It's uh, I yeah. I think it is about. A league, and economically speaking, and we came to a generation that in Mexico it's about macho too. Like a lot of of men don't want to be with women that work, or the other way around. Like a lot of men don't want to be with women that don't work.
1: Hmm. So I, and it also I depends on your on your like socio economical uh, yeah. tier in in a big way. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So Ro, what's the answer to this? Because For people months. struggle with it people struggle with this all the time like about like oh either they're out of my league or I'm a working professional no one wants to to or like the theoretical no one wants to to date what's the answer to people that are are struggling with well, that? Well the first thing the
1: first thing is there there's no such thing as leagues. None. absolutely not the only thing that can make you feel like someone is out of your league is the beliefs that you have about yourself that you're running with and defining yourself through and the big problem with that is that if I'm convinced that something is wrong with me I will, because of my cognitive dissonance and my egoic harmony I will only feel comfortable surrounding myself with people and possibilities that make me feel events that make me feel like what I think is wrong about me is true that's the first thing And the second is, in the instant you really start working on yourself, you have compassion for yourself and for others, this whole thing about who makes more money and who's working and who's not working becomes the stupidest conversation to ever have. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, my wife right now is not working. Uh, She's like the typical Mexican mom right now. For a bit, but she's an engineer and she was in the stock market for ten years. And um, does this mean that we're a traditional Mexican family? No, it means that this is what authentically makes sense for us right now. We have no idea how that will change next year. We just love each other and we figure out who we want to be mm-hmm. and how we get places and create the family that we want to create. I feel like that's that's how it feels when you stop making life about your beliefs, trauma, and pain, and you just make it about the human being in front of you and whatever makes sense for you to love each other and grow.
2: Exactly. I did stop working for a year. I I think that's it because the decision was, what do you want to do for your family?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that it's a life choice and you forgot who you are and you lost your yeah. identity. It just means like, this is what makes sense right now, but give me a year and we'll see where I stand. Yeah. And, and I have to say, make, sorry, sorry. I was just
0: going to say a lot of people make big decisions or decisions for a time. And then they feel like it's a, a life sentence where it's like, no, I'm making yeah. this decision for now. Mm-hmm. I'm in the moment. Yep. And
2: I have to say like at some point when I was professional my friends were stay at home moms and my mom is a stay at home mom. Um, and I, I wasn't a mom yet. I actually saw it mm-hmm. in a bad way. Stupidly I did. And and when I became a mom, I understood it, and now I understand it as like the least egocentrical decision you make in your life. Like uh, for me, stay-at-home moms have my full respect because I, I I think it's like all about the other human being, you know. And and I it's the
1: most selfless I, job you can think of Exactly,
2: and and I think I. I don't have that capacity to do it and stay at home for all my life. So I really respect it like, in another way that I did it before I was a mom. And
1: awesome. now that I have a kid, I can also tell you it's the longest, craziest experiment you can ever do in yeah. life. Raise a kid really cool. and wait 20 years to see how the hell they show up. <laughs>
0: Yeah, John, John Stewart is my favorite quote about being a parent. It just says, you know, it's really nice to fuck something up from scratch. <clears throat> <laughs> it's okay. It wasn't my job. Was um, <laughs> All right. Igor has a question. Yeah, Igor, come on, Mike, in on yeah. camera, my friend. What biotype Igor is, is John Stewart? an amazing patron for friends. Is that true? I think John Stewart's melancholic. What's John Stewart? Melancholic. <laughs> Yes, good. We hey you guys, go. man, I always nice like guys, how Igor. much Igor. Looks like childish Gambino. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Igor.
0: So, yeah. Ask your question. My, quest,
4: my question is like really,
0: really, really related to to music career in particular. Because like you know, my girlfriend and I are both musician, professional musician, and answers sometimes we we have two for weeks, and it's difficult to balance out, balance it out. So, and I've. Heard, like so much history of couple going through divorce and because of the the two life and uh and I also lost someone once because of that
4: so mm-hmm. yeah how do you spare
1: the trauma of the the other ones suddenly missing like what was I, what is, was the question? question for him so hold on yeah. Let me you... yeah, yeah.
2: How do you spare the trauma for being apart? That was the question. Yeah.
1: The other okay. one yeah. And how do you not lose your other person when you're when your career needs you to be on tour constantly? Oh, great what question. Is-
0: and hold on before Huma, uh, before you answer the, the okay. question, if you want to hear the answer to this question, go to patreon.com/slash development, where <laughs> you can hear the full version of this episode and even join us live for these live recordings. Uh thanks for listening
4: we mm-hmm.